Today's edition of the podcast is brought to you by CoachMe Plus. CoachMe Plus is the leader in athlete management software and a product that I've been lucky enough to be using for a little over a year now. Only rivaled by the impeccable customer service that Kevin and his staff provides, CoachMe Plus's ability to constantly be amoeba-like in their ability to mold and, and matriculate what you're trying to get across and bring together is, is absolutely fantastic. Their constant pursuit of better ways and better methods and, and innovations and progress to their own product is absolutely fantastic. Go over to CoachMePlus.com, check out what they got, guys. It's, uh, it's something that I guarantee you won't be disappointed with. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today, guys, we have the second part of our three-part series of the Roundtable Discussions. We had at the 2016 seminar. Today we're going to sit down and talk with Sean Connedy, Carl Valley, Amanda Cooper-Ravage, Chris McCormick, Matt Tomey, and Tony Stewart about athlete buy-in. Uh, and guys, it was really, again, open and honest sharing, people sitting down, telling people experiences they've had, sharing their, their past, their thoughts, ways that has worked. It was really cool, guys. You know, and, uh, For them to do this, in the middle of a terrible storm, live on the internet, was, was really cool. So thank you to, to the group that did this. I, I hope you guys enjoy the talk as much as I did. Uh, and if you do, please share it, Facebook, tweet it, whatever it may be. Uh, but yeah, I hope you guys enjoy the talk as much as, as we did. Let's get right to it. Hey guys, welcome back. We're here with another question, and we're going to let everybody introduce themselves first. Hi, Sean Connedy, Christopher Newport University. Carl Valley, Spike Zoli. Amanda Kubravich, Monmouth University. Chris McCormick, Garner Webb University. Matt Tomey, Michigan Tech. Tony Stewart, North Scott High School. All right, so the question that we have in front of us is how do you get your athletes to buy in? And when they don't buy in, how do you handle it? How do you handle things when they're not buying what you're selling? Uh, so I've seen you, I think, athlete buy-in really started when we had buy-in from sports medicine, so a collaboration amongst strength and conditioning and sports medicine. Athletes seeing the same verbiage coming from both sides of the department. Um, they spend a lot of time with us. They get a lot more time and more care, I would say, from uh, the athletic trainers. You know, they're more on a personal basis with them. So once the athletic trainers and ourselves decided, not only do we have good communication amongst each other, but I respect what they're doing, they respect what I'm doing, and then we're gonna collaborate and do you know, movement screening together, develop uh, corrective exercise progressions for the athletes. Um, now I have buy-in from the department, and then the athletes saw that, and that was, uh, that was a huge step for us, just because I think I stepped into a situation where um, the athletes you know, trusted athletic training, so now all of a sudden they're going to trust strength and conditioning. As far as any programming goes, I think just you know, results speak. If you get down on their level, uh, develop the relationship with them, and you know, explain why you're doing what you're doing, give them that roadmap, uh, just let the results speak for themselves. It's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, athlete buy-in is always remembered to be an athlete. I think we all remember what high school is about, and that's probably how we got involved in strength conditioning. So I have a rule. I wouldn't do it myself. I wouldn't expect someone else to do it. 
So um, all the stuff that we're asking our, our, our athletes to do, and the first thing I, I ask, how can we make it fun? Um, because what we're trying to do is take a small window of an athletic career and make it a, a journey. And if it's not good enough to write about, then it probably has something that's pretty boring. Um, working kind of with a, a mixed group, you know, you've got uh, administrative people, then you've got uh, the sports medicine. I think the easiest thing to do is have a written plan. So uh, when you're making a comparison, they have to bring the same standard or quality of, of, of planning. It's easy to, to tear someone down you know, and argue, but if you have nothing written down, it shows that you haven't put the effort. So I think the easiest thing to do is to kind of have a, just something, a, a light plan shows that you have a framework to start with. I would say a really big piece in athlete buy-in is also buying into your athlete and showing that you care. A lot of athletes, to be quite honest, if, if they recognize that you don't give a fuck, they don't give it back. So buying into your athlete, caring about what they care about, getting excited for them, looking into their interests, um, and programming for them, being open uh, to change, and that type of thing, and noticing that they just got killed in practice, and you're not going to just hammer them again when they come in the weight room, recognizing the demands of their sport, buying into the athlete and caring for them, and you know, them knowing that you are on the same team for the, with the same goal, I think that is incredibly important uh, for athlete buy-in. And if they aren't recognizing that right away, um, I think you know maybe taking it, especially for our guys, a little bit further, they're... All of our guys are really interested in what the pros are doing, and them seeing us going out, reaching, making connections, um, getting info, seeing what other guys are doing, how other guys are training, uh, what the high-level guys um, are interested in. If we're bringing some of that information back and sharing it with them and saying, hey, this is what we're doing, you know, how do you feel? Is it producing results? And, and sharing that with them, I think, um, is one way to help create that buy-in um, at the end of the day. Good. Um, I think mine's probably an example. Um, talking with Matt, interaction with Jay, Yosef, some of the other guys in the 1x20 stuff. Um, with our football team, we've implemented the 1x20. And for football, anyone knows that football, our basketball team was cake. Our football team was very hard to get to buy it. And one of our uh, actual D linemen, I've been at Everwood for a year, and he uh, was one of our actual turds that we had. And he started work with me during his pro day stuff. And, you know, he was working with somebody else, wanted to try to work with me. I was like, hey, we're going to do this. And he was really some of the guinea pig and some of the things we've been doing. And, you know, he was timed a five flat and all his buddies are seniors and juniors now. And then when he went in front of the scouts, he ran a four, six, nine within two and a half months. And his vertical went up eight inches and all the things that, that those guys have talked about. And all our athletes hear that and they go, what? Like, what just happened? And now everybody, we post the numbers. We post the weight numbers in the weight room. Um, we posted in the locker room, nowhere, nobody has nowhere to hide. And I think for us now, guys seeing those results, they're like, holy crap, like, coach maybe knows what he's talking about. And something off the wall, like the 1x20 is, as much as people that are probably listening kind of hear about it, you see those results and it speaks for themselves, just like he said. And, that, and that's been the wild thing for me is those results do help the buy-in at the end. So Yeah, and, and going off of that, uh, the results, but that's kind of a, that's part of the process. I think to begin with, it starts with what everybody's already said, and that's trust. Uh, teaching them why you're doing what you're doing. 
Uh, and, you know, as another example, I've literally had athletes come in, and I have very smart athletes, so they really want to know kind of the details of why we're doing what we're doing and, you know, why we're not doing what they were doing before. Uh, I've had guys come into my office and sit in there for an hour to an hour and a half while I explain every little aspect of the off-season to them. And then they go back to the locker room and talk about it with their friends, you know, and it spreads around. So that's a, that's a huge part of getting by. And then the results and uh, getting the coaches buy-in, so the other staff members. So now I, I'm fortunate enough to have a head football coach and a head men's basketball coach who absolutely love what I'm doing. Uh, and they'll tell the guys, you, you need to do this. When you go home for the off-season, you're going to play, uh, and you're going to be ready to play if you do what you've been given rather than doing some other programs. So they, there's a lot of buy-in that, and, and those, those guys help me a lot. So I think it's, it's you know, all-encompassing. I'm going to I'll address the second part of that a little bit more because um, I agree with everything you guys are saying. Um, but one of the big things I see with between coaches and um, like sport coaches, strength coaches, is there's these walls there. Uh, just talking to a coach a couple weeks ago, and uh, he was talking about you know the sport coach is an idiot, he doesn't know anything. Yeah, well, but if we take that approach, we may think that at times, but if we take that approach, um, nothing's ever going to get done. So what I've done, you know, I, we invite our, our coaches are assigned to come in the weight room and they're there and I don't want them to just be there to walk around. I want them to learn and understand what we do and why we do it. Um, and we do a lot of the one by 20 scheme as well. And when you explain to them, you know, I work with I mean, 14 to 18 year old kids. So when we talk about one by 20, you're going to gain strength, but you're also going to gain connective tissue strength going to help overall um, just help reduce those injuries in the future because you see kids with less joint problems and then the strength mm -hmm. is there. Um, and then I, I could do anything with high school kid and they're going to get better because they're pre-pubescent and post-pubescent. You don't have to do anything with them, they're going to improve. Um, but if you can talk um, that way with those coaches and make sure they feel a part of your program, it's not you and them, it's it's a whole. Um, that I think it's was it Ray Randy yesterday um, talking about the triangle? I mean, that's, that's what it is. It's working with everybody, making sure they understand. That's how you can coach the buy-in. Mm -hmm. You throw up a wall and say, you're an idiot. You do you, I'll do me. Well, who, who loses there? That's an N equals one. The athlete's the one that loses. Yeah. No doubt. So, results, nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. Right. It's a pretty good summation of that. But what happens then... When there's a kid or a coach who isn't smelling what you're stepping in, who when it doesn't matter, you know, Chris, that you're putting eight inches on their vert and dropping a freaking half a damn second off of 40, you couldn't do that if you're chasing the kid with a gun. You know? <laughs> so, do you have an example of how that was handled, or how you know that went down? And, and how that changed things, or what you altered in order to right the ship, so to say. Yeah, just piggybacking off everything that we've all been saying, I think that the individual relationship is extremely important. So instead of you know preaching everything to the entire team, showing the entire team uh, the results, getting to know that individual kid and letting them know that this doesn't have to be an adversarial role, you know, let them know your job is to be there for him and make him the best person that he can be, the best athlete that he can be. So 
Um, if you're giving him the results, if everyone else is bought in, uh, and he's still not he's still not buying it. Well, what does what does he expect out of you? And let him know that that's your role is to to get him better. So, come down to his level, really connect with him, and and go from there. I think captains is you know when you hear the term captains, you know it's a a very polarized statement. People think it's cheesy or old school. Some people think it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. But there needs to be to. You know, you say the ship. I'm always worried about me walking the plank and there being a mutiny because I train hard, and a lot of stuff I do um, isn't fun. So there's got to be a balance. You can't just be a party ship, right? And, and but you also got to make sure that you're not like a slave ship and just rowing all the time. So you will get that one, um, you know, that lone wolf that wants to, you know, badmouth the program or not happy or he has to be there. And I think that's the job of the captains, is not to smoke them out and find out who's bad-mouthing or not happy or disgruntled. Um, those people need to make sure that there's a way of communication. So the, the first thing I always sat down when I was coaching high school is to make sure people know what the communication chain, you know, chain is. If it is from the, uh, you know, the athlete goes to the captains, the captains go to the, you know, the coach, you know, sometimes the, the athlete might have to go to the athletic director, and then, you know, sometimes if it's really bad, it's superintendent, and you know that in, in high school. So I think the communication chain needs to be um, very clear, has to be written. You can't just talk about it in one lecture at the beginning of the, of the training session, have it posted, and then that should squash the problems before they become, a, you know, a big, big wildfire. Um, I would say sometimes with, with regard to that in our scenario, it's it's not always an outside thing. It's you can use that opportunity to improve you, improve what you're doing, um, kind of outsource, and then also, like these guys said, work on your communication. Um, you work on your communi communication one-on-one with the athlete. Maybe uh, you know transfers, like like most people would know. Sometimes transfers are the hardest guys to break, and there's a reason that it happens. But you know you being able to establish that relationship with them and between them and the coach and maybe there is something off that they're in a little bit of a different space than everybody else and working that out for their benefit and wrapping it into the team and the team culture can make a huge difference in that dynamic and how everyone is working together. So if you can figure out that, that triangle of communication, like they said, is, is really important between everybody. Yeah, I mean, the communication piece, I know, is just huge, but even for some of the guys like Ryan Horn and some of the other guys that we know that are they're hired by a coach, it's, I think it's easier for them where they have a situation of the coach and them preach the same message. And even for me, when I was hired, I was hired for the entire department of Gardner-Webb, but I primarily work football and basketball. So that's my biggest thing, too, is whenever I'm in the weight room recruiting, whatever it is, when you're bringing new people in, um, you're always going to have, I guess you'd say, some of those bad apples, but it's also making sure on the coaches and the athletic trainers and all those facets that the athletes going to see that we are all talking the same thing. Like Randy said, like who's who's teaching who how to squat right? Well, you start getting into these different things. The athletes may take sides and may take sides of the athletic trainer because they think, well, he's going to bail me out of doing something like this. Well, I may do something them in another way, and that's really bridging that gap with the communication because I mean, we're all going to have that kids it's you know eventually we talk about the results too is you know you can do certain things a certain way but then I think it's a reflection for our coaches of 
you lay a lot of things on the table and you're like, I don't know what else I can I can do. Like, And then the coaches start reflecting of, well, what can we do to grow? Because we haven't been super successful at Garner Web. So now it's like, what else can we do to get better? And then some coaches are just searching for anything. So then you start meeting those those two things together and that's where the growth happens. So. Yeah, uh, and like I mentioned before, I'm lucky enough to have uh, the, the both the coaches that I work with have my back on you know, whatever it is I'm doing now. Uh, it didn't start that way. I mean, basketball, uh, there's a lot of buy-in right away. Uh, football's a different story, just it's a different mentality. Uh, they kept wanting to do more and more and more. Uh, but the football, the football coach gave me a chance, and once he saw the results, he's meticulous about his numbers. Uh, he started to give me more freedom and more freedom. And now it's, go for it, you know. Now he has my back 100%, it's great. Um, but the, it's been the same way with the athletes. So the athletes, it was a little bit easier. And like I said, my kids are really smart. I encourage them to ask, to ask questions, which when I got there, the previous strength coach, it was like, you're doing this and that's it. Don't, don't come talk to me at all. So it was brand new to them, so it's hard to get kids to even ask questions about the program. So... You know, like when I would see a kid that was maybe pissed off about something we were doing, I would go talk to him. Like, hey, what, you know, what's the matter? Do you have a question about this? This is why we're doing that. And, you know, just keep giving it to him in little bits and pieces here and there um, so that it kind of sinks in a little more. And like I said, I had multiple kids who I literally talked with for an hour, hour and a half, one-on-one in my office and explained everything, um, you know, why we're doing what they're doing. And they went and left and, you know, thanks, coach. You know, they understand these were guys who were leaders on the team, and they go and spread that message to the rest of the guys, too. So, yeah, it's worked out really well. Oh, I got a couple of specific examples, um, good or bad. And one, a uh, couple wrestlers of, uh, of ours that were pretty good, pretty talented wrestlers. Uh, first two years, freshman, sophomore year, I mean, their time in the weight room was a joke. I mean, it just was. Um, number one, their coach was supportive of me, of course, of what we were doing. Um, but those kids would, I mean, they would mess around and just think around time and couldn't get them to move. You know, we always talk about having a sense of urgency and just couldn't get it to do them. I remember one day we had kind of a meeting in the hallway that was just transitioned from the gym to the weight room. I said, specifically, you got, when you guys figure out that I'm here for you, and I'm not for, for me, we're going to get along a lot better. I said, I'm here because of you. I want you to be successful. And for whatever reason, that, that must have hit home because all of a sudden things started to change. And well now, you go back to everything with the first one you did, um, that relationship, those two years I worked on that relationship. They didn't really, weren't really picking it up, um, but because I worked at it and they realized that I was there for them, you know, now those guys, when they're in and out, it's, you know, fist bumping, it's how you doing, it's, they will never walk by me without saying hi, where before I didn't even exist. Um, so it started with the relationship and then they decided, you know what, this guy can help me and it worked out. On the other end, you know, I had a kid that, you know, he graduated senior. Um, it didn't matter what I, I could have, I could have been any one of you guys. I could have been Buddy, and he wouldn't want to listen to Buddy. Um, it just didn't matter. Um, so sometimes you have to sort of cut your losses on that. It doesn't mean you give up on it, um, but if you, if I let it break me, then it would broke me. You, know? mm-hmm. you just have to kind of let it go because the dynamic there is you have sometimes you have parents involved, and with that one. I mean, if I had to charge them $2,000 a month, I probably would have been a genius. Um, 
Does that make sense? So no, 100. <laughs> percent Sometimes you just have to let. Sometimes you just got to cut bait, right? You know. Yeah, yeah I mean, and it's it, what makes it hard is when it's a, a leader on the team, right? You know, exactly. that's that's difficult. But I think that everything else that you guys said was like dead on. It was awesome. And uh, thank you guys for tuning in, and thank you guys for the time and being part of this. Really appreciate it. Thanks. Cool. Awesome. And a huge thanks to the group for sitting down and talking with us today. Thank you to Sean, Carl, Chris, Amanda, Matt, and Tony for taking some time and being open and honest and sharing with us. Guys, it's uh, it, it's brave to sit here and talk about things that you've been through and how they've worked and how they haven't and, and so on and so forth. So kudos to them for, for being as brave as they were to share with us and, and talk with us, you know, again, in what was really kind of a nasty storm, to be honest. Um, and just so you know, the videos are live on the internet now, so if you were looking to pick up a copy of the 2016 seminar, you can grab those at www.cvasps.com. And don't forget, the manual volume one is still available, so you can grab that too. Uh, just go ahead and click on the store and look right down on the, on the drop box right there, and you can grab a, grab a copy. Guys, uh, once again, thanks for being a part of everything we do here at Central Virginia Sport Performance. We appreciate you guys taking the time to listen, and we will be back next week with the third part of this series, we will see you then.